0: Hello everybody and welcome to another Kickstarter Journeys side quest. Today I'm going to recap how Die in the Dungeon finished off and talk to you a little bit about what I do at the end of a campaign and kind of the beginning of the fulfillment journey. Uh, So a side quest in and of itself. So if we look at let die in the dungeon we finished off with over 1200 backers that's fantastic it's the best campaign i've had so far and a lot of an engagement so i'm really thrilled with how that ended up over fifty thousand dollars u.s raised uh, in my own canadian funds that's over seventy thousand so that was pretty cool and just so much support both verbally and um kind of through social media. It's just really cool to see the support that's out there. I actually just finished doing a interview not too long ago with Nalan from uh, the board game Kickstarter kind of marketing podcast. You can find that on a few channels and you can hear me talk about this game and how it came to be. But regardless, uh, I just wanted to share some of what happens as a Kickstarter campaign finishes off. So first off, how do you respond to the people who discovered your campaign minutes or days after your campaign ended and say they really wanted to be a part of it and wished they hadn't missed out on it so when it comes to that it comes to telling them about what a a pledge manager is and how they could do a late pledge later on and it's hard to describe in full details so the best thing I've found is that I just tell them to subscribe to my email and to stay tuned for an update that will include a link to a pledge manager where they could actually still um, donate funds or or actually pre-purchase or pre-order a game. And I found that to be the best way rather than trying to go through the whole Kickstarter process or try to do an independent game pledge separate from the regular forums. So if you are running your own campaign, just remember there are going to be people that are interested in your game right after your campaign ends, and you want to have a way to to share with them, and I find email is probably the best way. Uh, The next one is about staying engaged with your community. So what that means is when your Kickstarter ends, you're going to have hundreds, if not thousands, of backers. In my case, the 1,200 or so backers. Of those, there might be 100 or 200 that might regularly read through what you have to offer and the rest will just kind of wait for their game to arrive. There's a lot of people who don't stay engaged in the community and just use it as a pre-order site. but There's a ton of people out there who love seeing the game progress and get prepared for its final ship off. So uh, what I try to do is I try to keep the Facebook groups that I have the game involved in uh, I keep on posting new images and talking about the game Uh, and what it's progressing whether it's a mechanic or it's a um, piece of art or it's a component image from the manufacturer whatever i can provide i'll try to do that as much as i can usually through a, a post every other day really on those social media channels i find that's the best way to keep that particular group engaged um and then, when it comes to the actual Kickstarter campaign, you can do updates once your campaign is finalized. Uh, so, you can do it all through your campaign, but anytime you want, you can do another update on your Kickstarter campaign. And um, depending on what kind of campaign you're running, you may want to do them more or less frequently. So, for example, on my Legends of Novus board game campaign, I did it once a week, every Friday, um, until it shipped away from China. I did an update because with that campaign, there was a lot of art that wasn't yet done and a few things that weren't yet finished, so I found it that I had a lot of content to share each week with the backers of the game. With Die in the Dungeon, this most recent campaign, I plan to do bi weekly updates because most of the art is pretty much done. Uh, there's a few little tweaks and changes that'll be coming that I'll be able to share, but for the most part, that's done. So the updates that I give will be kind of progress and updates to the rule book or to. Um, stretch goals that were met that i want to share or maybe some neat little uh... post campaign challenges just for fun to share the game again but um it the, the main thing about your communication process after your kickstarter is that your audience knows when it's going to be so if you just randomly give updates here and there um, it might confuse some people especially people that are newer to kickstarter but i think if you can commit to a time frame for them so if you can commit to every week or every two weeks or once a month then at least your audience knows what to expect Uh, and the most important thing is never ever go dark never ignore your backers if something's not going the way you anticipated if you have late production or late fulfillment or or whatnot um, the best thing you can do is be transparent share with your backers through these updates never try to hide from it or ignore it so I wanted to share that with you as staying engaged with your community that's the second thing I wanted to share and then the third one is um, what do you do behind the scenes um, after Kickstarter so in my case it's finalizing game files for manufacturing because there were some changes to the component quantities um, some late art adjustments so i have to retune uh, i even did a complete overhaul to an ability card so it looks a little bit crisper and better for the backers so really uh, fine-tuning everything component reading through every bit of text that might be on your cards and just making sure that it there's no typos that it flows and looks consistent uh, the next one is about pledge manager creation that's another next step and some people may use uh, pledge managers that are really simple to use, whether it's uh, Jetbacker or BackerKit or CrowdOx. There's lots of different ones out there. Uh, I personally am doing my my own pledge manager creation through a free website called GameFound. Um, they're free now. I don't know if they'll free be free forever, but uh, I find their interfaces. It's pretty easy to get used to. If you know how to make a Kickstarter page, you can probably make a pretty decent GameFound page, and you get full control and access to what happens in that. So um, that's what I plan to do. That's part of my next steps. And just uh, a transparent timeline for your backers. So just today I posted basically a month-by-month um, view so they know what to expect each month what is happening with the state of this campaign Uh, so it shows with them what's happening in july and august and september and october and november and december and finally january for the anticipated delivery date with the caveat that if something drastic changes in the world or in the um the planned manufacturer or shippers that anything can change subject to time, but just making sure that they have that general guideline of what is going to happen. So even though I'm going to give updates every two weeks to let people know where we're sitting, kind of that overview timeline is something that I think backers appreciate to understand um, where they what happened to their money? Is it, is it going to get them a game in two months? Is it going to get them a game in six months? Even though it kind of says it on the Kickstarter page, um, people that back a lot of games and a lot of campaigns may forget about those things and people that are new to Kickstarter may just have no concept of that and may have thought that they were going to get their game in two weeks. So it just gives them a real good concept of what's happening. So that is the couple of things I wanted to share with you today. Um, you know, doing a Kickstarter campaign like Die in the Dungeon, it's been fantastic. I've really enjoyed putting together the game and playing it and sharing it and funding it and now um, the the formal creation process, it's a lot of work, but it is quite fulfilling in its own right to anybody that goes start to finish with this. Um, I, I happen to be Uh, shipping out Legends of Novus. Many, many people have gotten their games and it's cool to see some of the comments. Um, Challenging to hear some of the delays with some of the fulfillment and um, curious to see see what kind of rules questions people have, what kind of challenges they have with the components, what kind of damage there might be or missing pieces. That's all uh, kind of relatively new to me because the only full campaign I've done for this for a game has just been a card game so this is the first official board game that has come to fruition so um, and it gives me some insight as to how to better prepare die in the dungeon so that um, there may be mes- less mistakes or problems down the road so that has been a fun kind of uh, backside of what's been happening I want to make sure that campaign finishes off strongly there's still all of the European backers to get their games and a couple of uh, North American backers that still don't have their games, but I've got some tracking information and some updates for them. So, um, what else can I share with you? The the Kickstarter Journey Side Quest, I'll probably have another one a little bit down the road. I'll share with you some conversion information and... um, trying to think of what else I could share with you. If you have any questions about this process, maybe just shoot me an email to fundamentalgames.icloud.com, and I would love to take a few notes on what your questions are and maybe include that as part of my next Kickstarter journey side quest. Thanks, as always, for listening. Uh, I hope you've learned a few things throughout this journey so far with Die in the Dungeon and might still have a couple things to share with you before it all wraps up. Uh, My next guest, I'm really excited to share with you, has actually been a part of a couple of major games, including Everdell and the current Kickstarter that is on right now called Roleplayer Adventures. So I can't wait to have a discussion with Brenna about what she's done to help with that campaign. Until then, have a wonderful day, and thanks for listening to all these podcasts. Hey everybody and welcome to another Kickstarter Journeys side quest. So today I'm going to take a quick look um, at my Kickstarter dashboard. We're several weeks after my campaign ended for Die in the Dungeon, but there's some insights in there that I thought I would share with those of you that haven't created a Kickstarter before and you might not realize what you will see after the fact. And then we'll talk a little bit about pledge managers, because I know there was some inquiries about that and a lot of curiosity from new creators. So let's look at the dashboard first. Uh, Again, Die in the Dungeon, this finished off back on June 23rd. So it's been uh, basically four weeks now since it funded. And about two weeks after it funded is when the funds that were raised came back to me in the form of a direct deposit to my bank account. Now, for anybody that's not familiar with Kickstarter from start to finish, you do have to know that you're gonna take about a 7% loss just from Kickstarters percentage so the, any money that you raise they get um, a piece of that just for them providing you the access point to use their platform and to for them to kind of advertise on your behalf and just to get funds into an account for you so you have to plan that and then there's another three percent that is the stripe fees so any credit card transactions that take place which is basically all of the transactions Um, will get charged that extra 3%. So you really have to buffer and budget for 10% of whatever you raise to be given right to Stripe and Kickstarter. If it's less than that, uh, good for you. But often you just just want to be able to plan for that uh, particular percentage. Uh, And so you'll see that when you get your funding results from Kickstarter. Now some other things I can share with you, there's a graph that you get on your dashboard and that is gonna show you every single day how much you raised and your total funding results by pledge level. You'll you'll have a dashboard that shows you where most of your pledges came from in the terms of referrers. And so um, the majority of that is gonna come through Kickstarter's traffic. So for example, on Die in the Dungeon, We had 122 of the pledges, or 12% of the pledges, come from what's called Advanced Discovery. And basically that is one of Kickstarter's algorithms and ways that they share your campaign with other people that are on Kickstarter based on their funding history and their likes and their interests and their comments. It kind of builds a a profile for everybody. And if their profile matches the type of product that you're going to be delivering, um, it will send them, it'll put them in things that they might like or it might send them an automated automated email based on um, that. Then uh, direct traffic no refer was the second highest at about 10 percent which means that people just naturally navigated to the game and backed it through Kickstarter without forced advertisement on Kickstarter's behalf. Um, And so it's cool to see that on a campaign um, basically uh, 20 percent is just from kickstarter existing uh, and then the other 80 percent is where it, it starts to go into other things so for search for example there were 100 pledges based on people searching for it on kickstarter and they probably searched for it due to seeing it on a advertisement of some sort or a facebook post or a, twi- a tweet a tweeter or, or whatever so you can't tell where that search came from because it specifically says search so they're searching for your title but um, you know that it must have come from somewhere they heard about you somewhere in order to search your name specifically then um, five percent came through email last chance to back reminder so that 48 hour email that goes out to people who hearted your campaign um, five percent of my entire funding goal Came for, or funding results came from that email. Um, so they got the email they clicked my campaign from that email and backed it directly from there. So 77 people in that 48 hour mark uh, were a result of just that particular email. So the, when people click heart either before your campaign launches or during it, they will get an email 48 hours before your campaign ends. Um, and then the rest are less than 5% and that's Uh, whether it's through Facebook ad direct links or my email accounts or Twitter or MailChimp or Google or all kinds of different things you can put on here and the other thing that's important to note is you can create a referral tag for anybody the moment you launch your campaign. You can't do it beforehand but as soon as you launch your campaign you can make a distinct link for anybody that's promoting your game whether it's a YouTube reviewer or a uh, Facebook ad or a tweet that you're going to put out, uh, just keeping in mind that it's got some limitations. So if somebody backs your game direct from your link without looking at anything else, then it'll recognize it. But if they go from tab to tab, looking at comments and going to YouTube videos and then going back and back in your game, the link may be lost. You may not. You may get a back from a Facebook ad, but it won't recognize it as a Facebook ad Backer because of them looking at other things in between. So just understand that the the reporting is not 100% accurate, um, but it is useful to look at. All right, so then you have project followers, and some people were curious about this. So my project had 3,812 followers, and of those followers, 583 converted, and that equaled 15% conversion rate. This is at the very end of the campaign. When um, I launched the campaign, it was at about 7%. And so not everybody who backs your campaign is an actual project follower. A project follower is recognized as somebody who clicked heart and wanted to follow your campaign even if they hadn't backed it. Um, So there's the distinction. If somebody finds your campaign and backs it, they're technically not a project follower. They are just um, a project backer. If they hearted your campaign before your campaign launched, or while your campaign was active before they backed it, then they're a they're a project follower that becomes a converted follower. And if they followed your campaign after they backed it, they're just a follower, but they're technically not a converted because they already backed you before. So there's a couple of uh, things nuances to remember in there. Uh, but really, it's the percent you can ask on the different Kickstarter um, events and whatnot, and you can see what people other people's conversion rates are, but often it'll float anywhere between 13 to 18%. I usually don't see it much higher than that. Next one you see on the dashboard is project video plays. So in my particular video, there were 5,152 video plays and 40 percent or 45% of plays were completed. So the longer your video is, the less likely people are gonna watch the entire thing. And the longer that it is, the less likely people are even gonna click play if they can see how long it is before they press the button. Um, So kind of the magic number is uh, try to have it between a minute to two minutes, um, and try to really highlight the aspects of your game without diving too, too deep into gameplay. You kind of want to show them the theme, you want to show them a couple of core mechanics, but not your full um, begin to finish gameplay and um, just some kind of reason that makes your game unique that would make them actually want to uh, click to learn more. If you spend five minutes trying to explain your entire game, um, you're gonna lose people and they really won't watch that whole video anyway. You just wanna share the theme, share the idea, and get them to click your actual campaign link to see the rest that you're gonna have described and you spend all the time developing it in there. The next part you see on your dashboard is reward popularity. So that just again shows in a nice fancy chart all the different rewards that you're going to, that people backed. Um, Simple bar graph, but it does the job. There's a Google Analytics option, and then there's an activity ledger basically, every single thing that happened on your campaign from the time you launched to the time you ended and even uh, beyond it will show you um, comments, pledges, cancellations, adjustments etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so you'll be able to see every single cancellation. I uh, highly recommend you do not reach out to backers who cancelled. There's a reason that they backed out. Maybe their credit card is full. Maybe they had a payment they weren't expecting. Maybe they found a game they like more. Um, but really it's their personal business. It, we really have no doesn't benefit you any to contact them and ask them why they cancelled or if they didn't like your game uh, if they back your game originally it means they liked something about it if they chose to back out of it it's for reasons that really we shouldn't be prying into so highly recommend you don't um, try to approach people that cancelled or reduced their pledge or any of that because that's their business and that is what you will see on the post-Kickstarter kind of dashboard page, or even while your Kickstarter is live, you'll see a lot of that information um, live on your dashboard. And then once the Kickstarter ends, you have access to every single backer's email so that you can send out um, pledge manager or notifications or whatnot. Uh, But I'm getting close to the end of my time, so uh, I'll talk for a couple more minutes about pledge managers, but I won't go crazy deep into it. pledge manager that I choose is GameFound right now and the reason I choose them is they are free, they are entirely managed by me, I can put whatever images I want including the same images that I used for my Kickstarter campaign uh, so I don't have to dupli- make new ones if I don't want to other than some thumbnails and image holders and I have full access to message them and to Um, do credits and cancellations without having to go through a third party Uh, so basically you create an account you attach a stripe account you um and from there you just build your game into there and then you can import all of your backers and create a special account just for them if you want to and then you can also invite external pledges so there's so much you can do with it that you can also do in traditional pledge managers except that it's entirely self-managed so they've got people that will help answer questions uh, on how you self-manage but they're not going to manage it for you Um, they they might help you set up shipping the first time but um, on an ongoing basis if you're going to keep using gamefound you need to learn how to do every step of the way yourself so that is gamefound Uh, again it's a zero cost pledge manager at this time and um does everything that you need a pledge manager to do so that's why i use it but it does take a lot of your time some other pledge managers that are most common are crowdox um there's some manual touch points to do that one i haven't used it myself i'm just going based on others feedback um it does accept stripe you can import your backers it does provide analytics for facebook and google and um but it, it Still re- requires some administration on your end, uh, and many people have used it, so um, it's definitely an option. As for actual costs for it, it's not cost free. Um, just looking at what the fees are, and this some of this might be outdated, but um, what I see here is it's a $200 fee plus two to three percent of your campaign. Um, for oh, sorry, that's not that's a different one for CrowdOx, it says 75 cents per backer minimum $525 um, then if you look at crowd aux crowd or sorry uh, backer kit that's one I've heard quite a few people speak highly of um, in my podcasts and discussions so I'm considering using them in the future I've had a, a discussion with them about pledge management and how they support with um, advertisements as well so i think you can get a lot out of them depending on what kind of package you choose to go with them and i'm just kind of looking at their costs Uh, again two hundred dollars plus two to three percent of your campaign for to to manage your pledges and then there's some transaction fee charges as well and then there's the the namesake itself pledge manager charging 25 cents per backer minimum of 150 dollars again some of these rates may be outdated and then transaction fees 5% plus 3% credit card fees. So, and the one that's not known as a major one but is very cost effective is Jetbacker. And Jetbacker um has a very low cost rate per I think they have a per pledge charge. Um but again, it's much lower than their competitors, but they don't offer free advertising and I'm sure they're they offer a lot to support your campaign, but it, it won't be at the same level that you see in BackerKit or Crowdox. So kind of my scale suggestion would be if you want zero cost, go GameFound, do it yourself. If you want low cost but support to to get it done, you go to uh, Jetbacker. If you want kind of um, medium support without any advertisement support, you would go to CrowdOx um, and kind of Pledge Manager, those two there. And then if you want kind of the full meal deal, getting advertisement on Facebook and getting support on the back end and really... Um, high level I think backer kit is the um, kind of the higher tier one to go not necessarily because they charge more but because they can do more for you again all personal opinion based on what I've seen and heard from other people and uh, would just say do your own homework do your own research Uh, check out prior posts and questions on Facebook groups that have talked about it or websites that have dug into it and do your research before you decide what you want to do. But just know that um, whatever you invest in, uh, you have to prepare to layer that into your budget. You don't want to just decide halfway through your campaign who your pledge manager should be. You should get have that determined uh, before you even press the launch button. Uh, that's my biggest piece of advice for you when it comes to pledge manager. Do the research. Choose who you want it to be before you hit launch. Go from there. The only reason you might change it after launch is if your game does exceedingly well beyond what you expected it to do and you need that professional support Um, or your your finances change mid-campaign for some reason and you really need to to go down below what you were planning to use, but preferably you just want to have it decided before you press launch. Um, I wouldn't recommend actually advertising it unless you're heavily committed to that pledge manager. So putting it on your campaign page Um, Probably not what you want to do um, because then it's almost like false advertising. And I've personally made that mistake before. All right, I'm at 15 minutes and that has been my side quest. A little bit about the dashboard, a little bit about pledge managing. Um, And for those of you interested, I plan to have the pledge manager for uh, the game found for Die in the Dungeon ready to go probably by early August, first week of August, if not the end of July, which is coming really, really close, but I've got some time to play with that. So if you're listening to this, thanks for listening to another Kickstarter journey side quest, just my personal journeys with Kickstarter. And um, we've now finished our 40th episode, so I'll probably have another um, recap episode where I talk about the last 10 people fairly soon before we get into the next episode which is going to feature the creator of canvas which was actually a seven hundred thousand dollar uh, kickstarter campaign that took place this year so uh, got some great discussion with the creator there and i think anybody that's listening to this could learn from that one as well so take care have a great day and thanks for listening